Hi everybody, this is Dr. Jarvik, and in this podcast we are going to be talking about antipsychotic medications or pharmacology. So first let's talk about some medications we've already talked about. So lithium, we've talked about this before, it helps with being a mood stabilizer. Um, it can also be used for psychosis. We discussed this when we talked about bipolar disorder. And then there were some big things with lithium to think about that there is, um, patient does need to have lab monitoring, there is a narrow window for therapeutic, um, and they can become toxic very easily in that their fluid status is one of the big things that affects that. So if they become dehydrated, they are more likely to have lithium toxicity. Now, we've also talked about anti-epileptics. Anti-epileptics, we talked about this with intracranial regulation um, in helping to prevent seizures. We also talked about it with um, our depression, our mood and affect, but they can also be used with psychosis. Now, when we actually talk about antipsychotics, um, that is generally a big umbrella term. There are first, second, and third generations. And um, antipsychotics are really good at helping with those positive symptoms, um, such as like delusions, hallucinations, or those disorganized thoughts. Now, second and third generations, these are our newer medications. These are also good for those negative symptoms too. So these are those things that the patient lacks but really needs to have, such as they have that flattened affect, uh, decreased speech, lack of initiative. So those newer medications help with those negative symptoms as well. Now, the other thing to know is that with those second and third generation antipsychotics, these um, take several weeks to really work, much like what we talked about with antidepressants. So we would really need to teach the patients that it's not going to work right away, that there's that time lag, and to give it time to work, we don't want them to just take themselves off. Now, there are lots of different side effects with the antipsychotics, which is really one of the biggest reasons why patients aren't always compliant with medications. Um, they're, they're very uncomfortable symptoms. So second and third generation medications don't have quite as many side effects as the first generation. So um, thinking about the first generation, um, one of the biggest classification is uh, phenothiazines. And an example of that is chlorpromazine. Um, the trade name for that is Thorazine. And um, with the, the, another um, class for first generation is phenylbutypiperidines. Hopefully I said that right. An example of that one is haloperidol or Haldol. Now, I don't see chlorpromazine use um, as much as it, as it used to be, but there are some people who still are are on it. Um, but haloperidol is still a medication that is pretty widely used in the hospital setting, especially when somebody um, gets really agitated. We may be giving that to them, um, even just on a med search floor, not just on the mental health unit. So these first generation medications have um, some very unpleasant side effects. Now we talked about these the other day, the extrapyramidal symptoms, also known as EPS. Um, some of those symptoms include tardive dyskinesia, and that is that um, repetitive mouth, tongue, they may um, have that chewing or lip smacking, um, and that is all involuntary. Another thing is that neuromalignant syndrome, also known as NMS. Now, this is very rare. 
but there is um, hypothermia and delirium with this. And so this is a medical emergency when somebody has NMS. Um, it's really life-threatening. So the patient's going to have a really high fever, like 102 to 104, not just a little fever, a big fever. Um, they may be agitated, restless. Uh, their heart rate is strongly going to be elevated. They're going to be tachycardic. And there can be changes in blood pressure, either high or low. Uh, muscle rigidity. And so really, if somebody has this um, NMS, we're going to have to contact the healthcare provider to get them off the medication and then kind of do supportive therapy as they're coming off of that medication. So maybe a cooling blanket for those high fevers, and um, they could even end up in uh, four-point restraints until we, we got them through that agitation. Um, now, another extra pyramidal symptom is the Parkinsonianism. <clears throat> With that, this person really just looks like somebody who has Parkinson's. Um, so they have tremors, um, that shuffling gait, bradykinesia, rigidity, um, and some involuntary movements. Um, there's another thing um, for EPS is akinesia, and that's that loss of voluntary movements. Now, um, akathia, Akathesia. So the one is A K I N E S I A, akinesia. The other one, um, akathia, I mean, I can't say this one for whatever reason right now, A K A T H I S I A. That one is where they have peacing, trouble standing still, and their feet are just in constant motion. That one, akathia, I don't know why I'm struggling with that one. Um, with that one, um, a lot of people stop taking this because of that inability to sit still. Um, very, very uh, common sign of symptom. <clears throat> and then the acute dystonia, this is also another EPS symptom. And this is where they have the facial grimacing, involuntary eye movements. Um, and this, um, because we're talking about um, the face mostly, they could even affect their swallowing. So as nurses, we would want to make sure we were watching for that. Um, now, with second and third generation medications, um, we have to worry about um, weight gain. Um, it can also cause increased blood glucose. Um, it can also increase um, lipids, those types of things. Um, but we also need to watch for suicidal ideation. Um, we would do a neurostatus assessment and then postural hypertension hypotension, not hyper, hypotension. So decreased blood pressure when they get up is one of those other symptoms with these second and third generation uh, antipsychotics. So we would need to teach them to get up slowly to help keep them from following. Now, another thing to think about is um, a lot of medications can interact with grapefruit juice. Um, a specific one is uh, clozapine. And what happens is when they take the clozapine and they have the grapefruit juice, it increases the effect of the drug. So that would be, um, it may just be easier to kind of tell people not to have the grapefruit juice, um, but there are medications that definitely affect that. St. John's wort, another um, supplement that people need to avoid. Um, sometimes people take that for mood. And so with antidepressants or antipsychotics, they really should avoid um, St. John's Wort, they really have to come off of it. It um, can be dangerous. So some examples of um, second generation or known as the atypical antipsychotics. Um, one of those medications is olanzapine. 
um, another medication um, that falls under second generation is luceridone, or it's known the trade name is uh, Latuda, or risperidone, uh, risperidol is the trade name. I have given quite a bit of um, risperidone to many, many patients um, who were on it um, naturally. And then third generation, atypical, um, probably the biggest one to know for this one is um, aripabazole, <laughs> um, also known as um, Abilify. Just really struggling with these uh, names today. All right. So those are the big things I really want you to know about antipsychotic medications. If you have any questions, be sure to let me know. And I hope this was helpful despite my inability to pronounce things today.